Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, come on, Purpose Church, can we give Jesus a big ovation of worship all across this place? I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I just, I just want to start out by saying, man, I, I just, I'm so thankful for the season that we're in as a church, right? Now, thankful just for a second, if I could just, uh, just start uh, just by saying, man, I'm just incredibly grateful for you. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for our church. And I don't know if you, uh, if you realize this or not, but man, what God is building and what He's doing, this is not normal, right? I want us to understand that. I just want to just shout out somebody really quick. Shout out our kids team, uh, because right now, yeah, yeah, you're here that because right now while we're in here and we're spending time together I want you to understand that on the other side of these walls right here just a shout out to our kids team man how incredible they are that literally back there and I, I want to tell just a couple numbers over the last couple weeks just a few weeks ago we had 134 chi- kids in the back come on somebody how many of y'all know that it's hard to keep up with my four much less 134 come on somebody right but I just want to let you know that right on the other side of these walls that our kids team and our kids Kids, and I just love them so much. They do such an incredible job every single week, literally putting Jesus on the level of your kids and my kids. And I just want to give a little shout out, a little serve team shout out to our kids team. And then I'm going to ask some of you, because again, 134 kids is a lot of kids. Come on, somebody, right? But I want to say, and I want us to understand that literally the average size of a church in America is 75 people. And we've got more kids coming on a Sunday. That is not normal, right? So again, I want to make sure that that we just take some time just to say, man, God, what you're doing in this season is incredible. And I'm also going to ask some of you right now, because again, as that as taxing as that can be, as exciting as that can be, you got to realize that, man, we are we have a lot of incredible people that serve on our kids team. But I think there's some uh, excuse me for saying there's some butts in the seats in this room that I'm going to call out of some of you that hey, I'm going to ask you to serve with our kids team. All right, I'm going to ask you to do that. You know why? Not because they need us to. But, but kind of because they need us to, all right? Because of the fact that, guess what? And it's not just babysitting. I want you to understand that. Like, this is something for us as a church that we want to be passionate. And I told everybody from the very beginning that we want to be passionate about kids and we want to be passionate about worship. Uh, the preaching can be terrible. Come on, somebody. But, like, if we do kids really well and, and worship really well, man, listen, watch what God is going to do. And I just want to tell you, our kids team, top notch, top level. And I want to tell some of you in here, I'm going to call some of you out of your seat today. At the end of service, uh, Katie, who was up here on stage just a few minutes ago she leads all of our kids uh, team and and uh, is the director of that and I'm just telling you she does an incredible job I'm gonna call some of you today if you don't mind if, if y'all leaning in everybody okay everybody all right right now if y'all can at the end of today like she's gonna be out there at the kids check-in and listen I think some of you in here maybe you just need a little push from me today just say hey won't you jump in and serve on our kids team Katie's gonna be out there she's gonna help you realize hey it's not as hard as you think it's not as taxing as you think and there's a reward on the other side of your faithfulness to say you know 
know what? I'm going to serve. I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to give of my arms to hold some babies. Like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do because we're putting Jesus on the level of kids today. I love that. And I just want to just let y'all know that. I was just going to ask y'all today, would you guys be the, the, the church that doesn't just hear me say that, but at the end of service, would you mind and go and do that? Yes, everybody good with that? Amen. Okay, cool. I'm glad. So, so again, I'm really thankful for this season that we're in as a church. Like, again, that is not normal that we have 130 kids in the back. That's awesome, okay? And then on top of that, we have about 40 of them that stay over that are our serve team kids and go back there as well. So you're talking 170 kids. That is incredible. And I want to always point out the miracle. I always want to be the guy that says something about it. And so I'm just asking you, would you step into that miracle? Would you step into serving into our kids team? I promise you, you'll love it. They'll love you. It'll be an incredible time. But again, I love this series that we've been in. I love my church. Somebody shout, I love my church. I didn't sound like you loved it. Somebody shout, I love my church. I like it. And I, uh, I, I've been enjoying over the last couple weeks this idea of us talking through Jesus is our point. People are our heart. Generosity is what we're going to talk about today. But faith is our reaction. Celebration is our response. And that excellence is our ordinary. And today we're going to talk about generosity is our privilege. Generosity is our privilege. So why don't we do this? Kyle's still playing these keys. If y'all can, would y'all hop up on your feet? We're going to read from God's word. If you're able able to would you mind standing if you're able in honor of God's word if you're not it's okay but I just want to just take some time just to read from Mark chapter 6 we're gonna really look at this idea of generosity is our privilege and I'm excited about it today if you're ready for God's word sound ready I love it here we go Gen, uh, Genesis wow not that far back Mark chapter 6 of verse 30 says this the Apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour they had a tour bus they was driving around and they came back right and told him all that they had done and they had taught then Jesus said hey let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while I love that about Jesus I love that, that in the midst of life and craziness, he still took time to rest and recharge. I love that about Jesus. And he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Somebody say, they hungry. Okay, good. So y'all just go with my ADHD brain. This is how I read the Bible, okay? This is just go with it. Okay, so they left, the, uh, they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran along ahead of them, uh, of the shore, and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he began to have compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So what did Jesus begin to do? He began to teach them many things. And late in the afternoon, you know, Jesus started in the early morning, late in the afternoon. How many of y'all know that's a long sermon? Come on, somebody, right? He's still preaching. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, hey, Jesus, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Like, send the crowds away so that they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But watch what Jesus says. I love it. He looks at him. He says, hey, you feed them. Somebody shout, you feed them. You feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. Well, Jesus asked this question. I love this question. How much do you have? Go and find out. Go and find out. They came back and reported that we have five loaves of bread and two fish. If you read the book of John, they actually found out that they stole this little boy's lunch, okay? Like, it was a little boy's lunch. They didn't really steal it, okay? Y'all relax today. Y'all a little tense today, okay? So they had this little boy's lunch. 
brought it back to Jesus. Then Jesus told them to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. And then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up towards heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. Understand that they were in the middle of the miracle watching this thing happen. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Watch this. They ate all ate as much as they wanted. Somebody say, nom, nom, nom. All right, good. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. And again, I love this story. How many of y'all have heard the story of the feeding of the 5,000? I think we all have. I think there's some stuff that we can learn together today. All right, come on. Let's pray and we'll ask God just to do what only he can do. God, we thank you for today. I pray you speak through your word. I pray, God, that, that your words do not return void, that your scripture and what you want to speak to us today, God, that you would just put something on the inside of us a burning desire that we understand that generosity is our privilege that we'll be known for outrageous generosity of of our time our talent our treasure and that purpose church would just be a reflection of you because jesus you were so generous and that you gave your life for us today we're going to honor you today we're going to sing about you today we're going to lift you up it's in the mighty awesome powerful name of jesus that we pray and everybody said Amen, amen. Once you high five a couple people around you, say, welcome to church. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Then you can have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I want to I wanna start out by asking a quick question. I do this just about every week, and I want you to, to just think about it really quickly. But I want you to also, you don't have to say it out loud. I want to kind of, this is going to be an all-skate, all right, which I means everybody out on the skating rink floor, okay? That means everybody participates. So you're in this room, and I want to ask you really quick, if you had to rate yourself on how generous of a person you were, where would you fall on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being like not at all generous, 10 being like I'm super generous, okay? Like outrageously generous, like give cars away generous, okay? It's like, where are you at in your life on a scale of one to 10? Where are you at when it comes to generosity? Okay, I want you to ask that. I want you to know that. I want you to be thinking about that because this is what I know uh, is that, and I want you to kind of write this down. This is the very first thing I want to talk about really quickly is that generosity is not really about what you have or do not have, okay? You need to understand that generosity is about your heart. I think you need to understand that we're going to start with that, just kind of laying the foundation. And guess what? Generosity is not about what you have and what you don't have. Generosity is actually about the heart. And I think about it uh, uh, because all of us, if we just be honest really quick, we know poor people who are stingy, okay? We know poor people who are super generous. We know people that don't have a lot. Or then Let's be honest. We all know somebody that's got lots of money and you couldn't squeeze a dollar out of them for nothing, right? Like, okay, like, like, and then you know people that are uber uh, wealthy, but yet they are super duper generous, right? Because I want us to understand something. This is a condition of the heart. And when we talk about this, I want you just to realize as a church, this is something that we want to be known for, this idea of generosity, this idea that we are constantly looking to add value and give and serve however we can. And it's a privilege to do that, okay? And so that's what we want to be known for. And again, I want us to write this down as well, is that Giving is something that we do, but generous is who we are, okay? And I need y'all to help me preach today, all five of you in this room, all right? You're like, okay, everybody good? Y'all going to help me preach today? 
all five of you, like I said, everybody going to help me preach today? Yeah. All right, good. I like that. Giving is something we do. Generous is who we are. That's what a core value is, too. It's not something that you just necessarily do. It's actually at the core of who we are. We as a church want to be known as that. And again, I want to just talk about this story because I think this story highlights so many of the things that we can learn uh, to be generous with and within our own lives and even as a church because uh, a few things that we can learn from this story. I want you to write this down, too. I got y'all writing all kinds. Y'all, y'all's pens are burning up already this morning, all right? But I want you to write this down. We're going to notice four things from this story that I think can really challenge us when it comes to generosity in our own life and in our church's life. And the very first thing is that people are hungry, okay? If you look at this story, you got to realize that there's hungry people everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. They're all over the place. People are hungry. Like, think about it. As soon as we started reading this story, you got to realize that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat, right? They're doing so much ministry. There's so much happening. There's all this stuff going on that literally they are so consumed with all that and it's great, but man, they didn't have time to eat physical food, okay? And then we think about it. Not only is there a physical appetite that's there, you got to realize that there's also this spiritual appetite that's going on as well, that something is missing, that these people are coming to Jesus and saying, hey, I have needs that need to be met. I I have spiritual needs, not just physical needs, but I have spiritual needs. I need to be ministered to. I need to be healed. And the rumor about this guy named Jesus had gotten out, right? It had gotten out that Jesus was doing all of these things, that he was meeting needs, and Jesus was in the business of of literally meeting uh, all kinds of needs, from physical to spiritual to emotional, whatever it might be. And I think about this story. There's hungry people everywhere, all right? And I've I've taught this to us before, but I decided to circle back around to it just to kind of reiterate this core value for us. But what I want us to understand is what hunger really is, is hunger is a lack of satisfaction, right? That's what hunger is. Hunger is a lack of satisfaction. And so we've got these people that are hungry for something. They're hungry for, for satisfaction, that they could get their needs met, that that'll happen. And again, you, not only do you have a physical hunger, you got spiritual, you got all of those things are present in this story, right? So you see it like over and over again, this idea of food, this idea of hunger that's happening uh, in this story. So again, I want us to understand that the disciples had needs, these people had needs, and nobody could find satisfaction until Jesus showed up, right? Until Jesus showed up on the scene. So today, I want us to understand, just kind of bring it a couple thousand years forward, and we have to understand that there is a hunger, there is a lack of satisfaction, there are people looking for their needs to be met, and there are people every single day that are out there looking for their purpose, right? We interact with them all the time. We're at school with them, we're at our jobs with them, we're at Walmart with them, whatever it might be, we find people all around looking to have their needs met. Today is Galentine Sunday, okay, or whatever today is, right? Like this idea of, of the fact that, that, that literally there's relational needs that need to be met, right? That there are people that are searching for relationships that can encourage them, that can build them up. They, they're, 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 they're looking for all sorts of things in their life. And a lot of times what we're doing is we're looking in the wrong place for that hunger to get met, right? We'll try and figure it out on Friday or Saturday night. Like that's where I'm really going to get this sat- lack of satisfaction met. But how 
How many of you know that there is no satisfaction like Jesus, right? There's no satisfaction like a relationship with Christ. And so for me, I want to just kind of let all of us know that when we read this story, we got to realize that the need is great, right? And you got to realize that even today that the need is great. But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus is the only one that can satisfy you. He's the only one that can fulfill you. He's the only one that can meet every single need. So as we start, that first thing that I want us to notice about this story is that there's hungry people everywhere, all right? So the people are hungry. There's another thing I want to just challenge us with. It's kind of this second point. I want you to write this down. We see another incredible thing happen in this story as we read it just a few minutes ago is that you and I, uh, and you'll write this down in a second, but the disciples were invited into the miracle. And so what I want to challenge all of us in this room is that you and I have been invited into the miracle. That we have been invited into the miracle, to participate in the miracle. So just imagine for just a second, Jesus is preaching, the Bible says amazing things start to happen, right? People start getting healed, people start getting saved. Like really quick, come on, look at me real fast. Can y'all imagine being at a service with Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine Jesus preaching like he is the word, yeah, he's preaching the word. I mean, things are happening, right? This is wild. Wherever Jesus is going, he is preaching and is like, oh my gosh, it's just like he wrote it because he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's preaching. He's doing all that. Can you imagine just a service with Jesus in it? And man, this is crazy. And the Bible says that he started in the morning. And guess what? It's late in the afternoon and he's still going strong. How many of y'all can just be real with me right now? How many of y'all love? I mean, you get a lot out of a short sermon. Come on, somebody, right? I think a lot of us like, oh, man, I ain't never heard nobody say, oh, that sermon, it was just too short. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody ever said that, right? But I, but I think about that. Now think about the fact that Jesus started early in the morning, now it's late afternoon, he's still going strong, he's still preaching, and the Bible says that the disciples start to get antsy, right? Their ADHD is kicking in, right? And I can just imagine, again, this is kind of how I see uh, and just picture the Bible going. You can imagine like there's a huddle, all right, it's it's big game Sundays, and they say, okay, fellas, come on, we got to get in a huddle, come on, okay, listen, let's talk about this. He is preaching too long, right? Like, just going to have, somebody going to have to tell him, like, Peter, you're a loud mouth, go tell him. Right, like, like Peter, go, go tell him, like, go tell him that he gonna have to, he gonna have to send people home. Like, gotta go. Like, like it's late in the afternoon. Like, like let's, let's go. All right, purpose on three. One, two, three. Purpose. All right, here we go. So they break, they break the huddle. If you can imagine for just a second, they break the huddle. All of a sudden, Jesus is still preaching. They interrupt Jesus preaching. Can you imagine that for just a second? They're interrupting Jesus preaching. They're like, yo, 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 Jesus. Hey, listen, it's getting late in the day. Like, we out in the middle of nowhere. Once you send them somewhere to eat, go get them some Five Guys, go get them some Chick-fil-A. It's Sunday. They're closed. Like, just go do whatever, right? <laughs> just send them away. Like, we got to send these people home. And again, I love what happens in the fact that Jesus, as they approach him and say, hey, Jesus, we need to send these people away. What does Jesus say to his disciples? He says, you know what? I want you to feed them. I want you to feed them. And can you imagine just for a second, again, my ADHD brain as I'm reading the Bible, Peter going back to the boys. All right, all right, guys. All right, what'd he say? Yeah, what'd he say, what'd he say Pete? Okay, um, <laughs> this is kind of what he said. He said for us to feed them. They're like, what? You know, like, what do you mean us feed them? 
Like, dude, we have to spend so much money. We have no money. Like, we have no monies. Like, how are we going to go out there, and how in the world are we going to feed all these people? It would take forever for us to do that. Like, we'd have to work so long just to get enough money to provide what we have to have in order that we can go out and feed all of these people. There's 5,000 people here. Like, this is, like, just men. There's fifteen to 20,000 people in this crowd. How in the world are we going to do that? And I love the question that Jesus asked them right after that. I love it, and I think is something I think a lot of us need to take to heart too, and that Jesus asked the disciples. He didn't say, hey, you know what? I want you to figure all that out. I want you to go and make enough. I want you to go and like just muster it up yourself. He asked them a question. He says this, what do you have? What do you have? And again, the book of John tells us that a little boy had a Lunchable uh, that he had brought with him. And so I decided to bring my lunch today. This is my son's uh, uh, lunchbox. And when you, when you have kids in the house, like, okay, so in the, in the lunch, in the lunchbox that the kid brought, he had five loaves and two fish, right? So I got two packs of goldfish. Come on, somebody. <laughs> And I got five pieces of bread right here. Come on, right there. Babe, we're going to need some more bread after today, okay? Just telling you real quick. Okay. Um, so uh, um, that's my version of the kids' lunch, right? So I want everybody to look up here right now. I want us to understand that this is what they came back with, right? Jesus asked them, hey, what do you have? And they came back with some goldfish and five pieces of bread, right? They came back with that. Now think about that. And again... What, if you read every other account of the gospel of this specific message and this specific miracle that happened, you've got to realize that they even say, hey, we only have five loaves and two fish. We only have that. That's all we've got. Last time I checked, Jesus, that ain't going to feed fifteen to 20,000 people. Like all we have is five loaves and two fish. Have you ever noticed that a lot of times we tend to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have, right? It's amazing that we underestimate God and what he has given us and the finances and the gifts and the talents and the resources that he's placed in our hands. And a lot of times we do the exact same thing that the disciples do. And we just go back to God and say, God, I've just got a minimum wage job. That's all I've got. God, I, I just got a little bit of faith. God, we only have a three-year-old church. Like, God, like, like we only have some volunteers here and, and there. And I've only got so much of this. And, and, and all we have is this. All we have is this. All we have is five loaves and two fish. And I want you to write this down. What you have is important because Jesus asked you. He said, hey, what do you have? you got to take inventory of your life. Right? you got to understand what you have is important. But what you do with what you have is more important. You gotta realize that what you have is important but what you do with what you have is even more important and this is so true for us today so many times what you and I get in the habit of is we think that if we had more of something then I would be able to give it right then I'll be more then I'll be more generous. like if I had more time then I would be more generous with my time if I have more more talent man then I would be generous with my talent if I have more money then I would be generous with my money. But more money, more time, more talent does not make you more generous. More of something just makes you more of what you already are. And so I want us to understand if you and I want to be generous when we have much, we got to learn to be generous when we have a little. You got to learn to do that right now. All we have, God, 
All we've got, Jesus, is five loaves and two fish. And watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, put it in my hands and watch what I do with it, right? Put it into my hands. So this is what we have to do. It's important what you have, but it's more important what you do with what you have. This is what you do with what you have. Watch. We have to be willing to put what we have into the hands of Jesus. You and I have to be willing to put what we have into the hands of Jesus. See, y'all, I just believe that some of y'all in here, if you're willing, to give Jesus what you have. He is trying to invite you into being a part of the miracle. And again, it wasn't any, but the crowd didn't realize how they got fed. It was the ones that were generous with their time, their talent, their treasure, their resources that got to experience the miracle that took place. It was the disciples that were dividing, that that Jesus was blessing it, breaking it, and giving it away. We'll talk about that in a second. But it was the disciples that were going out and giving it away. And they were in the middle of of a miracle. The servants, the generous, got the front row seat to seeing the miracle. And just like this young boy that gave his lunch to the disciples and the disciples that gave their lunch to Jesus, listen, you may think that your little 10% is too little, or that you are too broke, or that you are too young, or you are too unskilled, or you are too broken, but when you put what you have into the hands of Jesus, I want to declare over some of you today, miracles can happen, and you're going to get a front row seat to it. Come on, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise? I want us to understand God cannot bless what we're not willing to give to him. God cannot bless what we're not willing to give to him. So I'm going to challenge us in that. And watch what happens in this story. What begins to happen is he asks the guys, hey, I want you to have them seated in, in 50 to 100. I want you to do that. Guess what? I want you to have them get in a purpose crew. Come on, somebody, right? So I want you to have them just, just divide up into some crews. If you had not gotten in a crew yet, which is what we call our small groups here at Purpose Church, I encourage you to do that. They just started last week. It ain't too late to jump in one, okay? So get them in some, get them in some small groups. Get them in some crews. And again, when we're willing to put what we have into the hands of Jesus, that's when when the miracle takes place. And watch as they put that into the hands of Jesus. Jesus blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it away. Right? He blesses it, he breaks it, then he gives it away. You want to know the pattern of multiplication in your life? Blessed, broken, given away. Come on, say it with me. Blessed, broken, given away. One more time. Blessed, broken, given away. And again, I can't even imagine what's taking place right here in this story. As the disciples, Jesus is doing this. He's blessing it, he's breaking it, and he's giving it to the disciples to give away. Can you imagine the anxiety that these guys have? Right? He did, we just told all them, hey, y'all got to sit down and 50 and 100, we're going to feed you before the miracle took place. You're talking about faith being their reaction. Faith was their reaction. They were willing to have everybody seated before the miracle even took place. I love that. Man, the disciples were in the middle of the miracle, and as Jesus blessed it, he broke it, he began giving it away. The disciples began handing it out, and all of a sudden, this little boy's lunchable turns into the first red lobster. Come on, somebody, right? You got cheddar bay biscuits and shrimp for everybody, okay? Like, like everybody. 15 to 20,000 people eat. And I just believe that the same way that Jesus did this thousands of years ago is the same way that Jesus does it today in the fact that if you are a Christian, guess what? You and I have been blessed with this thing called salvation, right? That we have been blessed with salvation, that God has given his life for us, that my sin was broken and busted me, and guess what? I was separated from God, but we have been blessed with salvation at Jesus through his blood, and that's why we sing about that name. That's why we declare
declare that name above any other name because that name is what blessed us with salvation. That he saved me and he set me free. And then what begins to happen is as, as you're blessed with salvation, what God begins to do is he breaks you for something. He'll break you for the lost people that are around you. He'll break you for that coworker that you know is far from God. He'll break you for that, that, that friend that man, you've been praying for for so long that would come to Jesus. He begins to break you. And then what begins to happen is he wants to begin to give your life away. He wants to give it away as you serve, give it away as you love, give it away as you lead, doing all of those things. That That's this pattern of multiplication. It's blessed, broken, given away. Come on, together. Blessed, broken, given away. And I want to challenge us in some areas right now. That, that I will tell you the same way as it happens with our finances as well. Same way happens when it comes to financially. Like you and I, I want us to understand there's a blessed, broken, given away. And so I want to uh, just encourage you, if you want your, your, your money, your finances, your life to be blessed, I'm just going to call out on you and call, just call this out in you because I would never ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do, right, that Allie and I aren't willing to do. But I'm going to ask you, would you take a step forward in the tithe, which is a tenth, one-tenth of what you and I bring in, this is what we do every single month. We sit down and say, you know what? We're going to trust God. I don't even know if it's coming in. I don't even know if it's going to show up. But guess what? We're going to trust God anyway, and we're going to believe that he's going to bless us because he's broken us for the city already. He's broken us as a church for the city that we want to make a difference, and he's going to begin to give our lives away. We're going to be able to be so generous with our time, our talent, our treasure, but it starts whenever you and I say, you know what, God? We are going to put you first in our finances even. Generosity is our privilege. It's not something we have to do. See, in the Older Testament, Malachi chapter 3, as you read that, excuse me, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is the local church at that time, this time as well. So, so there will be food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't even have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only time in the Bible that Jesus, that God says that. Put me to the test. Now let me clarify some things really quick, because I'm not ever going to stand up in front of you and say, well, bless God, we better pass these buckets again. we got to keep the lights on. No. Okay? You're never going to hear us beg you for anything. And again, I'm not going to tell you that just because you don't tithe does not mean that you're not a Christian. I will never tell you that. I don't believe that if you're tithe that you're under a curse. You know, how can you be in Jesus and under a curse at the same time? You can't. Right? You can't. But here's the thing. In the Older Testament, Malachi chapter 3, what that is really talking about, the law required the tithe. We have to tithe. But guess what? Now that Jesus has come, guess what? We don't have to. We get to tithe. That is under grace that we have now been changed, and now we get the opportunity to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give. I'm going to believe that you're going to do more when I put it in your hands than I ever could on my own. Right? And I think about that. There is a New Testament uh, church, and this is not going to be up on the screen, but I want you to write these verses down because they're going to encourage you this week as you go back and start memorizing or just talking through this idea of generosity is our privilege. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 7. Write that down. Go back and look at it this week. But I'm going to read it. Oh, it is up here on the screen. Come on, y'all are awesome. Come on. Come on. Give it up for our team that did that. I loved it. I added 
this last night, and so I'm so thankful that y'all did that. Watch what it says. Now I want to tell you, we don't have to give, we get to give. It's a privilege to give. Watch this. This is a church in the New Testament that Paul is encouraging, and watch how encouraged he is by their faith and by their generosity. Watch what it says. Now I want to tell you what God in his grace has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, they've mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty, and watch what happens. The result uh, uh, has been an overflow of giving to others. They gave not only what they could afford, but even far more, and I can testify that they did it because they wanted to, not because of nagging on my part. Again, as your pastor, I will never stand here and nag you to give. I will never stand here and do that because that's not my job. My job is to encourage you. You know what? We get to do that. Watch. They begged us to take the money so that they could share in the joy of helping the Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went even beyond our highest hopes for their action was to dedicate themselves first to the Lord and then to us for whatever directions God might give them uh, to them through us. They were enthusiastic about it, right? It's a privilege to give. It's a privilege that we get a chance to do that. And we urge, as we urge Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place to visit you and encourage you to, to complete uh, your share in this ministry of giving. Watch this. He's affirming them a little bit. He's letting them know that they've been blessed, right? You people there are leaders in so many ways. You've had so much faith, so many good preachers, so much learning, so much enthusiasm, so much love for us, right? I just think that that just categorizes Purpose Church right there. Y'all got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of leaders, a lot of faith, a lot of learning. Now I want you to be leaders also in the spirit of cheerful giving. I want us to do that because again, for me, we've been blessed financially. Yes, we're going to be broken for this city, that we're going to go after the lost and the people that are far from God, and we're going to give our life away. We're going to give this church away when it comes to having powerful worship experiences, preaching life-giving, transformative messages of hope in Jesus, putting Jesus on the level of kids in a clean, safe, fun environment, partnering with local organizations to help meet needs of people in our community and invest in future church planning. That's what we're going to be a part of. That's what you're saying yes to when you say, you know what? It's, an, it's not an obligation to go out there and give. I get to give. And that's just what I want to end us up on today really quickly is this idea of do I have a scarcity mindset, excuse me, or an abundance mindset? Do I have a scarcity mentality or an abundance mentality? See, Jesus does this miracle. He blesses it. He breaks it. Gives it away. And the Bible tells us that everybody ate until they're full. I love this story so much. Watch what happens. As everybody's filled up, next thing that you know is they start to gather the leftovers. Now, I want everybody that's kind of on an end cap right now. I need your help preaching this message today. Because on the end cap, you may see a piece or a bucket of bread that I want you to bring up here. Come on, I need some help in here today. And if you got that bucket of bread, I want you to just bring it up here. Right, you got a basket of bread. Come on, come on up here, and I want you to dump it right here on top of this, right here. I want everybody to take a look at this. Come on, go ahead and dump it. Love it, love it, love it. Come on, this is good, this is fun. Come on up here. That's a, that's a tall reach for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Oh, nice, nice. It's my dad, I love that, I love that. Come on, keep going, keep going. Dump it, dump it. Dump it. Dump it. 
Come on, we're about to start being like Lambert's. We're about to start throwing some rolls, all right? Come on. I love it. You dump it. It's good. It's good. This table's not doing the job. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Whoa! I love it. I love it. I love it. So I want us to understand something really quickly. I want us to take kind of a visual snapshot of what we just saw just a second ago. Do you see what happened when we started? How many we had? How much we could do on our own? How much we could have had a scarcity mentality and said, you know what? No, scarcity thinks it's only for me. I got I to gotta look out. There's never enough. I got to look out for myself. I got to look out for me. But an abundance mentality. When we're willing to put what we have into the hands of Jesus, let me just tell you, as Jesus breaks it, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it away, there is more than enough. And it's overflowing. And you're, oh, you probably think, oh, are you, you preaching that prosperity gospel? No, I'm not. I'm preaching the generosity gospel. And the fact is, is that when you're generous, when you have a mindset of generosity, when you have a mindset of abundance, guess what? We serve the God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And guess what? My, my little, every single month that I give, guess what? I'm going to do it faithfully because a, a, a cheerful giver. Like it's better to receive, the Bible says, than it is to give. It's better to give than it is to receive. I'm so sorry. Come on. Let's not change that one up, right? <laughs> Come on, somebody like, oh, amen. Yes, it is better to give. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I love that. I love that. But, but, but a lot of times what happens is that's my mindset, right? It's better to get than it is to give. But I just want to be a part of a church that says, you know what? No, 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 no. It's better to give than it is to get. It's better to be generous than it is to be stingy. I want to be a part of a church that says, you know what? Like it is a privilege over the last three years that we've had the opportunity to give $130,476.36 away to this community. No strings attached. It's a privilege that through our partnership with ARC over the last few years that we've been a part of planting 240 churches together. It's a privilege that every single month that we as a church partner with the Moses Basket, Soup for the soul, Hope Callaway, and Lifehouse on your behalf to say, you know what? We're with you. We're cheering you on. It is a privilege. And we've had an opportunity to feed over 700 individuals at a Thanksgiving drive where we gave away free turkeys and all kinds of stuff because of your generosity. And I see a church that, listen, believes that generosity is not an obligation, but generosity really is a privilege. And when we put what we have into the hands of God, he can do more with what we have together than we ever could apart. Come on. If you believe that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this place? I got to end really quickly. I got to end really fast, but I want to let you know we don't give just because we we, we, we just want to feel good. You know why we give? It's because if you could sum up the gospel in one word, I believe it's the word gave. You know why? Because John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave. Gave his one and only son. If anybody puts their faith and trust in him, they'll not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what we're giving to. That's, that's the world. only reason why we can be generous is because we serve a generous God. We serve a generous God that gave his life for us, gave his, his, his life on a cross for my sin. And man, there's some of you, some of you even watching online that maybe need to make that decision today to give your life to Jesus. Because again, we could try to handle it ourselves, but it ain't going to work. But when we put our lives in the hands of Jesus, watch as he blesses you with salvation. Watch as he blesses you with purpose. 
Watch as he blesses you with a future. Watch as he blesses you with a plan. Watch as he does that when you are willing to put what you have in the hands of Jesus. Come on, would you stand to your feet all across this room? Heads bowed and eyes closed as you do that. God, we come to you right now, and I thank you so much for the people that are in this room or even watching online. God, we come to you right now believing that you want to save somebody today. God, every single week that we've been in this facility that we've seen people give their life to Jesus, and we don't give just to get back from you. We give because you gave so much for us in the first place. So today, I just believe that there's somebody that needs to give their life to you, and in return, they're getting an eternal blessing salvation and forgiveness that you took on yourself, Jesus. So maybe you're in this room and maybe you haven't prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior. I would just love to give you that offer. And if that's the invitation every single week for us as a church, that we're going to be a place that offers an invitation to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. You're here not by accident. You're here on purpose. God wants to forgive you. God wants to heal you. God wants to save you. We believe that happens through the blood of Jesus. And our sin, it separated us from God, but Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Maybe you're in this room and you need to give your life to Jesus today. The best thing that you can give is your life. You can't earn it. We couldn't earn it enough. We couldn't be good enough. But Jesus wants your sin. He, he wants you to turn over your life. He died on the cross for you and for me and my sin. So if you're in here and you need to give your life to Jesus today, would you pray something like this? It doesn't have to be word for word. I just want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. And I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness. I give my life to you. I give my all to you. And Jesus, I believe that I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life until I see you face to face. Help me do that. Give me your Holy Spirit. Help me live every single day as if I'm honoring and glorifying you. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online, but you just prayed that or something like it just to receive Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you just made the best decision of your life. And as a church, we want to always celebrate that because celebration is our response. And if you missed that week, go back and watch it on YouTube a few weeks ago because we party at this church because one person comes to Jesus or many come to Jesus. And so we want to know about that decision that you just made. So our prayer team is going to be up here on either side of the stage, on kind of towards the walls. If you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus, I would love it if you didn't stay in your seat. I'd love it if you take that card that was uh, right in your seat behind you. And if you would fill that out and at the bottom, would you check, I said yes to Jesus. Would you mind checking that? Would you mind coming up here and having a conversation with some of our, our, our incredible team? We love them so much. They do an incredible job every week. But guess, we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you, well, we don't want something from you. We just want to give you some, some, some love, encouragement, let you know that, man, we're cheering you on and give you a Bible and just kind of help you figure out what your next step might be. I love that. If that's you need to move, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Serve team, feel like you can move, but don't feel like you've got to leave this room because we're not done just yet because we do get a chance to give. Do get a chance to, to be generous. Let that be something said of us. You're not the only one moving if you need to say, if you said yes to Jesus. I love that. I love that. Well, come on, Purpose Church. Can we raise our head? Can we put our hands together and give King Jesus a big ovation of worship? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. 
you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose. Thank you.